Today is storytelling time. So sit back, relax. I'm going to tell you a nice story from when I moved from Belgium, Antwerp, my home city, to London, big city London, where I had a opportunity to go work in a media company, an interview podcast. This podcast was one of the biggest interview podcasts in the world at the time called London Real, where some of the greatest minds of the planet were interviewed. Guys like Jordan Peterson, Run DMC, Ido Portal, big names like Robert Greene, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss, Fatboy Slim, all these types of dudes. David Goggins. It was an amazing opportunity. I was together with a team that was very driven, that knew what they were doing. We were part of a mission that I really believed in. And I was in a big city with lots of money flowing through, really going from Antwerp, which is a small city, to, to a big city like London. I, was, I mean, it was a, a great opportunity for me. And I worked my ass off. I worked 12-hour days, five, six, seven days a week. I would just go hard. I would learn. I would listen to audiobooks. Every week I would finish an audiobook. I would listen to it in the morning. I would listen to it in the evening before and after work. And I would just push, 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 push. Because I thought, wow, I can really discover who I am here. And as I was pushing at this high pace, I remember having a voice inside my head that was saying, you know, the pace you're pushing at is pretty high. I don't know if we can sustain this. But then I had another voice in my head that was going, no, you're doing great. Don't F this up. This is a great chance. Work hard. Don't be a pussy. Don't be weak and just keep pushing through. And that's what I did for two years. And I became really good at what I, at my, at my skill level. So I developed a lot of great skills. I built online courses. I built four major online courses that cost between three to 10K. I did all the marketing strategy around them. I wrote some of the sales pages that were 30 pages long. I wrote video scripts. I thought about webinars. I thought about advertising, Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Instagram ads. I mean, I really soaked everything up. And we became great at what we did. I mean, in a couple of years' time, the company went from maybe five or six people to 30 people, went from a couple hundred thousand subscribers to 1.5 million YouTube subscribers and a couple hundred million audio downloads on iTunes. And the courses I created and the marketing I spearheaded for these courses ended up making the company into a multi-million pound media company. And I was one of the key members to see that happen. So, I mean, that was just absolutely amazing. And I remember whenever we would finish a course, we would have a graduation in London. And people from all over the world would fly to London to graduate. And then I would meet people who went on the courses. And I remember two people that were so impacted by the course that they tattooed the name of the course on their leg. Imagine that. When I saw that, 
started thinking, you know, I did that. I created those courses. You know, if I can do this, I can be great. I can be like those guests I meet. I can be the greatest of all time. So, let's double the numbers. Let's triple the impact. Let's quadruple the sales. Hard pressure sales tactics. I don't care anymore. Just getting more mails. I'm the marketing prophet. I am Machine Gun Ziri. I'm the Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Michael of everything. I'm Aragorn reincarnated return of the king. I'm the powerful, the pleasurable, the one that you will be worshiping. That's how I was thinking. That's what was going through my mind. But I was pushing at this pace that I told you for about two or three years. And I started noticing the effects of how it was wearing me down. I started feeling no, I became very numb, started not feeling emotions. I was like a blunted knife. No good emotions, no bad emotions, no joy, no sadness. And I would just work, and during the weekends, I wouldn't go out and meet any people. I would just watch television and be brain dead and try to be ready for the next week. And I would get physical pains, aches everywhere. I would get pain behind my left shoulder. You know when you're typing on your computer too much and you're clicking with your mouse all the time, you get this pain in your shoulder from just sitting behind a screen the whole time. But I thought to myself, this is what I want. I want to be like one of the speakers. So I started profiling myself as a speaker and I started to go and speak at a couple of events. And I remember going to one event and speaking there. And as after the speech, after I did the speech, somebody walked up to me and asked me a question. And while this person was asking me a question, my mind wandered off. And in an instant, I saw an image, a flash. I saw myself hanging from my neck, hanging from a rope from the ceiling. A suicidal thought. And I would just brush it away. And as I went home, I thought, why would I think this? I have so much to be grateful for. I have a great job. I have money coming in. I have a girlfriend. I have a loving family. I have friends. But then I started examining myself. I mean, is my life really that great? On paper, it's great. But when I look at my everyday life, I would see that I would work 12-hour days, sit behind the screen all day long, stress myself, drink caffeine all day long, just get pump myself up, more stress, more stress, sleep worse. And I started understanding why I felt so shitty. So I didn't know what the answer was, but I knew that this was, I went too far. So I quit my job. And for a year... I wandered the earth. I did some speaking. I, I tried to do a little bit of business here and there. And I, at a certain point, after I did a speech, some, somebody walked up to me and, and introduced himself to me. And he said, hey, my name is John Richards. And he kind of looked shady. You know, I didn't know what to think of him. You know, he looked like a mix between a Greek philosopher and an English hooligan. 
But he told me, he said, hey, I'm doing a retreat. Do you want to come? I didn't know what a retreat was, but I thought, oh, I ain't got nothing to lose, so why not? So I joined on this, this day, expecting nothing. And John just did his thing. He started telling stories, asking questions, doing this thing. And at a certain point, he asked me a question. What did you inherit from your background? And as I was thinking about this, and I mean, this might be the same for you. This might be a good question for you to ask yourself. What did you inherit from your background? Because when I was thinking about myself, I remember my father asking what his biggest regret was, asking this to my father. And he said, well, I always wanted to be an important man, but I couldn't because I had to take care of you kids. And my father was always hard on me. Whenever I had bad grades, I remember I had a bad grade. I, was, I always had great grades. And I came home one day having a grade 4 out of 10 for my exam. And he said, oh, you get a 4 out of 10? Guess what? You're grounded for the whole Christmas vacation. You're not going out. So I always remember him being very hard on me and never showing me any real love, not really doing anything with me. And as the day continues, John keeps telling stories, asking questions. And then I had a question asked that was so profound. It was so powerful. What is your greatest fear in life? And I remember writing down one sentence, just one sentence. That I will not be an important man in this life. And that's when I realized it became crystal clear to me that my biggest fear was not even my own fear, it was my father's fear. It was that fear that drove me to suicidal thoughts, that drove me to burn out so hard, to work so hard. And when I realized it, I became emotional. I started crying hard in front of seven other people, although I didn't want to. And John sees me and he's wondering, what's going on? He asks me, what's up? And I try to explain, but I can't even fit sentences together as I'm going through this breakdown I'm having. And he looks at me calm and compassionately and he says, Alex, we believe that drive is a good thing. But if you think about the word drive, it's usually associated with an emotion. What emotion is that? And I said, I don't know. To be driven by fear. You see, the fear, the drive you're experiencing is not your drive. You're being driven to impress your father. Only when you can get rid of that drive is when you will create space and you will be free. And then you can become drawn. Drawn to what you love. And in order for us to get there, we're going to have to slay your father inside your mind. 
So I started doing work with John. We started doing inner work. And a tool that he used, that he explained, was something called dream work, which is visiting your dreams and then trying to understand what the message is. Because your dreams are a gateway to your subconscious mind. Now, I'm, I've, did, I've written down many dreams and we did work around this. And if you've never heard of this, this might sound very weird to you because uh, what are you talking about? Write down your dreams. I mean, it was the same for me when, when John asked me this. But I want you to keep an open mind because I'm going to present to you a dream that I had. And don't get caught up in, oh, this is a dream, blah, 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 blah. But listen to the metaphor because there is a powerful metaphor that whether it comes through a dream form or not, it is just very applicable to you, the listener, and to me. So this is how it goes. I had a dream where I was walking in my childhood forest with a lion and a tiger. And as I'm walking through the forest, I look through binoculars. And far away, I see two pirates on driftwood coming ashore. And they're carrying on another piece of driftwood a lion and a tiger with them. And before they can reach the shore, I shoot the two pirates. The lion and the tiger come ashore and they race towards me. They run. And I am afraid because I believe that they will eat me or kill me. But just before the two lines can jump me, they meet my lion and tiger. And they stop. There is a silence. They stare at each other. And we keep walking. Now, what does that mean? I I actually want to ask you, what do you think this means? Because this is a powerful metaphor for our life. Some, a metaphor we can all learn from. And as you're thinking through this, let me give you the interpretation that I worked through. I'm walking with a lion and a tiger in a forest, and this shows that I have strength. I went to London, I did the work, I know how to create success. And the two pirates, they are my father and me. And the two lions, the lion and the tiger, in, all the way in the back on Driftwood, they're my power being held hostage by the two pirates. As I kill the pirates, I'm reclaiming a part of my power. But because I don't know, I've never done this type of work, and it's a wound the two lions, they race towards me. And I don't know what's going to happen. But when they meet, nothing happens because it was my power all along. You feel me? My father was holding hostage a part of my power and doing this type of work, slaying my father. I had to open up the wound, the pain, the, the, little vo- the little person inside of me was saying, oh, 
I wish my dad loved me. Papa, please love me. Love me, love me. And I say no more of that. And I slay my father. I become a man. I become an adult. And I reclaim the power that my, my father took away by being so harsh on me. That's what that's about. Now, I did work with John for about a year. And what did you think the result was? After I did the work at London Real, after I did the work with John, after I went through these dreams, after I went to an inner journey by my father, what did you think I discovered? Energy? Fearlessness? Courage? No. Something came floating to the surface that I haven't felt ever. And that was love. Real love. Before, I, had, I almost couldn't love a woman. I could love her superficially and like her, but I couldn't truly love her. And I could do that now. And the hate I used to have for other people started to dissolve. It started more becoming a feeling of love and the love for myself. It was a great realization. Getting rid of the fear opened up space for me to be more loving. And I let a simple question now guide my life. Whenever I'm suffering, whenever things are getting difficult, I'm just, I just ask myself, am I being driven by fear? Or am I being drawn by love? Now, I hope you enjoy this story. I usually give an interpretation, something for you to think about. But I just want to give you that story and I want you to think about what you see in this. Because it it is such a powerful archetypal story, in my opinion. It's just my version. But I think this is something we all suffer through, especially in modern life. And hopefully... You can see parallels between your story and mine. Because I'm telling you this story so that you could see yourself in it. Hopefully you can relate. And hopefully you can heal and become a more loving person yourself. Thank you for listening.